Meow. Welcome to the Catnips Podcast. It is your favorite cat lady, Lexi. Joined tonight with some really dope energy. We have our our regular Degula. Who am I talking to? It's Sid Rain, Butterfly, Data Scientist, Earthquake uh, Predictor Extraordinaire. And tonight we are also joined by a really dope energy. Um, who am I talking to? Hi y'all, this is Hattie Kasama. I've always loved Hattie saying, come on, gas yourself up. This is the moment where you're supposed to like... Gosh, I don't even know. This is Hattie, brilliant soul in mind. Model. Scholar, extraordinaire. Immigrant advocate. Part-time model. Not really. <laughs> Boy in a store on the weekends, you know. Okay, go <laughs> No, gas yourself up. If anybody gonna do an elevated speech, it needs to be you about you. So make that a daily habit. Um so look. Every single episode of the Katniss Podcast has um, a word of the day. Our word for this season is, our letter for the season is B, B as in bitch, or whatever word you want to insert. But today, as for right now, while you're listening to our show, B is for black, because black is everything. Black is king, let Beyonce tell it. So, let's get into that shit. How you feeling, sis? so excited to have Hattie. So like, we both know Hattie from all the way back in the Seacoast. I can't believe you said that. So by the Seacoast. Don't. Okay, so for people who have never heard of the Seacoast, it is, um... It's the the low country is Savannah, Georgia, where, you know, Sid and I met at college, but the school that we went to, which no longer exists. So it kind of sounds like a figment of our imaginations, but it was actually a really fucking dope university. It was supposed to be like a predominantly white school. And we just were like, yeah, no. Um, And we made it ours. And a part of that experience, my experience was interacting with such dope energies like Sid and like Hattie. a course behind the chair because I actually kind of didn't go to that school. I kind of went for like a semester and like a, f- a week. And you were literally always there though. Gospel choir. I did do gospel choir for a couple weeks. That was fun. We did a little bow tie thing. Um, I really just did hair for for the fashion teams. Yeah, for collaborations model. I, they. And no shade to anyone before or after me, but they've never had um, such a substantial hair artist on their premises. Um, this is a fact. I can co-sign on that. And again, no shade to anyone, but... No, baby, yeah. my credit is strong. The streets know who I am. And it's all good. And it's <laughs> all good. <laughs> I feel like we at least had one class, two class. We probably did, but I've like blocked so much of Armstrong out. It's, it's bad. Um, I feel like Hattie and I, I had a history class. Yeah. Was it with, um, I don't even remember her name, but yes. I think we had a history class. It might have been like an African-American history class. 
something like it, that. It wasn't. It was like it an American histories class. It was something that I didn't pass. Let me tell you that. And the teacher was a him. So what I know was about it? this class, this was I when the Watch the Throne album came out. <laughs> That's what I remember about the class. I think I remember the class and it might have been, was it sociology with that man? I didn't, we don't have to go into that. I don't, I don't well, know. Well, I'm not like a, have, you and I have the winter, the the, the white feminist class, yes. right? I feel like we took at least a gender, were you, yeah. in class, were you in my econ gender class, which was terrible? I don't know, but I was in a lot of those gender classes. Um, if you had it with, like Jane Rago or yeah. Oh, yeah. somebody like that. I, I was probably in the class. Yeah. Yeah. Sid, I remember when I first met you though, it was when, I don't know whether I came for orientation or what, but the hotel we were staying at, I think you might've oh, yeah. been working there. And you were like the first like person I met who went to Armstrong and you were so bubbly and so nice. And I was like, oh, okay. This is gonna be okay. They have black people here. Little did I know, you were like one of ten. But <laughs> you know, we just had to go to Savannah State. That's all. We just exactly. You know, we just go there for the weekend, wash clothes, free parking. Cause we're on <laughs> you said wash clothes. I can't. Oh, I washed clothes at Savannah State. It was free for Armstrong students. Why didn't you watch clothes at Armstrong? Because I lived in um, I lived in the dorms where they did not have the new the new oh. whatever. I had quarters, and I couldn't and like, and it was by y'all's number, so I couldn't even use like. Oh, got it. I know, right? That's so ghetto. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. I get it. Oh, Armstrong. Anywho, doesn't exist. Florida Southern. Yeah. Um, I don't acknowledge that. Like, I still fill out applications. Like, Armstrong Atlantic State University. And, and then trying to get your trying to get your um, records. I'd be like, okay, who do I call now? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Because I, 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 one time I did call Georgia Southern. I'm like, well, ma'am, uh, well, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but how, do, how have you been dealing with life since the Rona in DC? I've been good. Um, just you know, giving myself a lot of grace. I think I was not one of the people who adapted very quickly to things. So every week I'm still like, oh my god, we've been inside for about six months. Like. When it first started, I still left most of my stuff in my office thinking I'd be back to work like after a week, you know, maybe two, three weeks max. And here we are, but can't complain. You know, safe and healthy, thankful. How have y'all been dealing with it? You're in Cali where it's a dumpster fire. Right. And literal fires, but like right. a figurative. <laughs> And it was so weird because sometimes, like, I never know if I'm feeling an earthquake. Because, like, sometimes I'll lay down in my bed. I'm like, oh, it's just my neighbors having sex. This is just very, because sometimes, like, they start off very slow. I'm 
going on? Okay. But then Friday, I was getting ready to go to bed early because I was so tired. It was like 11.45. I was like, okay, let me turn in. And I just felt like it just rumbled. And then like everything like, really started shaking. So. Are you not like terrified? Or is um, it, are you just that desensitized to it? I'm, I'm okay. Like, so when I first got here and I was living with my cousin, Lexi, Lexi and Sam drove me out. I went to this natural history museum museum and we had to there was like all these different you know exhibits but there was an earthquake exhibit so it was like all right like late like lay down here and you're gonna feel like what it feels like so then that's what that shit was accurate as fuck girl <laughs> that's what they all feel like i'm just like okay but then this friday it was like so it was a little scared me a little bit more a little bit bad i was an anxious pussy because i was like like, is there more? Is it done? Like, but yeah, can't relate. But kudos to you for handling it like a champ. <laughs> but you know, Lexi has been like really reminding me to take care of myself because I like at first I was just indoors. I was indoors straight for two months. Um, and Lexi was like, "Why don't you come?" And I was like, mm. and she's like, "Why don't you?" <laughs> so then I came home. <laughs> and it was fine. I came home um, for like two months. And then she was like, you need to go on a walk. You haven't been outside since Sunday. I was like, yeah. Okay, very fine. I'll do a thing important. Yes, we went on a walk. And you know what? They, so I've been really trying to like stay up with that. And that for me has been challenging. It's like, it's like, okay, productivity. And then, you know, but then like also seeing the, like, this is productive because it's keeping me and also you don't need to be productive all the time like the, nothing about how we're living is normal right now so we can't expect ourselves to you know live within our regular capitalist regimen of labor production yeah okay is normal so okay so and more fairy tale news what kind of cat would you be? I would be a bangle. Mm. Everybody's like pulling for bangles right now. What else is? Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, yeah. Bangles are like, I mean, they're luxurious. You know, they're bougie. Their I owners are usually wealthy. I could they see you also with like Serengeti. Yeah. That's like a really expensive, exclusive minx. I'm saying like really expensive cat. You know, I will, I'll, I'll do that because it, it sounds African, so it's probably more accurate. Be what sure. your heart wants to be. I just, I love cats. I just like being like, hmm. <laughs> okay, so another question is, who would play you in a movie? think who would play me in a movie if it's like a movie about young me or like me right now maybe it'd be um is her name Danae or Danae Carrera the woman who was in Black Panther not Lupita but the like the one I know it yeah I don't look alike but I love her energy I think she's so fierce I think like older me like you know once I finally like 
established the world domination plan and like I'm running things like maybe like a like an Angela Bassett or like a Viola Davis like oh, just yeah really powerful hard hitters yeah rabbit hole but did y'all see the Grammy the Emmys last night so nobody actually watched it which isn't important but did y'all see how many black women just like racked up just really quickly Issa Rae won something um, Zendaya got something my fucking Regina King that's what made me think about yeah. it you give me a Regina King vibe too um, Regina King pulled off awards um, Uza Adoba got an award last night oh, yeah. Tyler Perry got an award last night well, my buddy who did Hollywood last night the black gay guy who did Hollywood last night um, it was just that shit was lit so okay back to the show but I just wanted to make sure that we highlighted that because um, you give me a really strong Regina King vibe I love Regina King Regina King is everything Regina King is everything she was so good in Watchmen <sighs> so good oh my god the first five minutes of Watchmen I was like yeah she getting the Emmy for this like I called it the, the first the first 15 minutes because you know, and, and it's recorded it's on Catnips episodes whatever season happened in real time but I'm, I'm pretty sure I very accurately called this because she played the fuck out of that role um, so if ever you're looking for some extras to fill in your spots for your for your different stages of life I think she would be a good a good stand in as well <laughs> I agree it's a no I'll take it that's a compliment hell yeah, yeah. and Zendaya did win she was the second black woman to win yes. for um Lena Rowe Euphoria yeah Lena Rowe Euphoria Mm-hmm. She won for Euphoria, but she won leading actress, and she's the second person behind Viola Davis to win for that. Carrie wow. Washington should have won an award for Scandal because Scandal was good. Y'all don't think Scandal was good enough for Carrie to win an award? <laughs> I don't. I yeah. I've never liked Scandal. Like I could never get into it. I love Scandal. Scandal didn't push her hard enough. Like, she hasn't had, like, that was her breakout, like, everybody gotta know who I am role, but she hasn't had her blood, sweat, and tears role yet. And that was bad boss bitch 24-7, I kill a motherfucker. And that was, it was wonderful, don't get me wrong, I saw every episode twice. This is why I was able to accurately predict Joe Biden choosing Kamala Harris as a VP, it's because of, yeah, I caught that a year ago. I'm pretty sure that that, I caught that over a year ago. Pretty sure that's on one of the episodes, too. But, wow. Carrie need to be pushed just a little bit harder. She, I don't know. Some gotta have. It's not her, not yet. Not it's you mean little fires everywhere. I heard that was real good. That was, was good. Boring. You know she was boring as fuck. She might get some. She. I, I thought it was good. What year did that came out in 2020? Right? Did that come out in 19? I don't know. I, my time frame for understanding 2020. Yeah. Like fe- January, February 2020 is still technically 2019 for me. So I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure when it came out. If it's a 2020 thing, then she might get nominated for it. But I don't know if she'll win. The only reason why I'm saying she'll get nominated is because there weren't very many shows in production this year, so they pulling from a shallow pool. So. Mm-hmm. 
well, she was there, so I get. I think that. I think that's been the most recent thing she's done. Mm-hmm. Um, is that or the Democratic convention and like <laughs> right? She's not. Yeah. <laughs> She'll figure it out. She'll figure it out. Okay. <clears throat> when you are getting up and getting ready to walk into the front room to go to work, <laughs> what is your get money song? What's your stripper? Get money, this shit get me crunk. This shit, this how I get my bag. And yeah, it's yeah, it's it's WAP. Mm. I know it's like it's so basic and regular because everybody loves it, but it's yeah. just like good. I mean, it's the gift that we needed during this pandemic, and it's so sad that we can't like go out out except in Atlanta to actually meet right and Texas. <laughs> and Texas. But yeah, it's wild. Like I can't wait for like academic Twitter to write their like manifestos about it. Can't wait for like people's PhD dissertations to be about it. The video is beautiful. Um, the person who designed most of the costumes in the videos is a Gambian designer, and he's dope. And yeah, I love everything about WAP. So okay, back to the rabbit hole. What do y'all think of Cardi B finally getting another voice from Offset? This wet ass pussy ain't want the ring no more. She went cooking or cleaning and she threw the ring back. Then what happened? What do you think? I, okay, so disclaimer, I think divorce is always sad, no matter the circumstance, especially when there's a child involved. But, but I feel like, like this was such a long time coming and I like, I. I thought they were on the road to this and then somehow they back. I think he did that weird, like corny, I'm a like surprise slash gaslight and pressure you at your own show type thing. Um, he, yeah, he did that. Like she was ready to leave him and he did some weird coordinated, I don't know, thing where he popped up at her show. So I'm, I'm happy for her. Like, I, I don't. I didn't understand the dynamics to begin with. But you know, Cardi, I don't know. Sometimes it's like she likes these type of men. So I, I don't know. You know what, I think um, you are 100% right. Like it's definitely a long time coming. I think she got tired of fighting bitches. Like you can't fight every bitch offset have sex with. How, like you don't have the time. And you, like you don't have the time. Right. Are you gonna make money and be a mother but be fighting the bitches? And gotta go to court for fighting said bitches. So, but you know what? She did hint at this because I feel like a couple weeks, months, like like Lexi said, time on drugs. Like I don't know how long ago, but Cardi was like, "Oh, I'm gonna release my my version of Lemonade." Something like that. I mean, you know, oh. you know. So then, like, then the divorce comes, uh, which was so you know. But yeah, good for her. You're right. It is sad, but yeah, can't fight them. You can't fight them all, Cardi. You really can't. It's not worth it either. You can fight him though. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Lexi? Um, I'm just kind of largely indifferent. I know that's the like. I don't know if it's the blunt or if that's how I feel in real life, but it's just like. Offset looks like he got a big dick, right? Does he? You know, I know you have your like ratio and measurement with the face and stuff, but like, does he? Yeah, he do. And 
<clears throat> you just you just gotta let niggas be niggas. So it's like Cardi, like use this time, like you said, if you gonna make a lemonade out of it, make some lemonade out of it. You know, get a tour popping, cause you know we ain't you ain't had nothing since since the you know you haven't really. She been on a lot of features, but she hasn't like um we haven't had like a full Cardi project in like what two years or whatnot. Like was it 18 she came out 2017 or 18 or whatever but maybe it was 18 yeah so it's been like two years since she did a project so and you know how it be some people like with music like you gotta piss them off for them to do like a really good job of music so it's like this album is probably gonna be like really fire you know what i mean and that's that's fucked up but i mean like i don't make the rules so i'm just kind of you know i'm waiting to see what I'm just waiting to see what she put in the airways. Like, you just gotta let niggas be niggas. You know what I mean? Like, I'm saying, go get you a man that wanna be with you. If your nigga constantly cheating on you, doing all this other stuff, like, he doesn't wanna be with you. So it's like, it's not, I don't need to make space for, like, any more emotional input than that. Like, right. You, you got a, Cardi got all this. She got a new ass. She got new tests. You know, she got everything she need. You know, this ain't gotta be a sad situation. It's just like, just get that shit poppin'. Take this energy and get that, get that bag. You know, drain that nigga in court. You ain't gotta drain this clock. Drain the clock. Ain't she said that in Hustlers? Don't drain the cop. Drain the clock. She needs to listen to herself right now. You know, and get, get that, get that guap together. You know, he already looking stupid trying to figure out like. And you know what? This the thing. Women make really good breakup albums. Niggas don't always make really good breakup albums. Like you think about niggas like Usher, <clears throat> they break up albums usually be fucking their career. Jay Z had to have Jay Z had to do 444. He had like a for real like I'm sorry like niggas don't do good breakup albums. You know, so I'm 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 upset for Migos because you know Quavo on his come up, which means that like his next project gonna be lit because happy niggas make better music. Right. So. The dynamics between Migos is going to shift, and that's going to fuck up the next Culture album, which is upsetting to me. So, okay, all right, you got me in my feels. But <laughs> other than that, like... She'll be all right. She needs to have, like, Dr. Dre's, like, ex-wife energy. Girl, right? Like, what For real, though! Man. She was writing checks from herself to herself for herself. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> that's a, I like that, that man. Absolutely brilliant. That's that Tyler Perry count up. You did what the cooking and cleaning, right? Get the calculator out. She did all that by that was a whole Tyler Perry scene by herself in front of the bank. That's what that was. She did like down to the eighty fifth cent. I was like, where did that come from? Because of course I like zoomed in on the check. Like, what is this giant amount? She said point eight. Yeah. It was like, me, the time, the cheating, what he's worth. The domestic violence. Right. But you know what they say? Migos falling off anyway. Why? As long or as. How? For the young kids or what? I, you know what? Young Twitter. I saw a tweet that hurt my feelings. <laughs> I think I, I saw the same tweet. I think I know what you're about well, to I'm say. I'm not on Twitter. When the one was like, um, all it was like all the millennials listen to Migos. Yeah, all the, it's like all the millennials about to be happy with the new Migos or something. And I was like, oh, Migos is about 
But Migos are above. Are Migos? Did something change? This is all new news for me. I don't. I'm not on the Twitter. I didn't see any of this. Am I not supposed to like Migos? I just started liking them. I guess it's like this you're is so old, stressful. Like I like stir fry. What'd you say, Hattie? <laughs> But I guess it's like you're old if you like them, but this is also like TikTok, Gen Z. Right. Who knows? Fuck them kids. Excuse me. <laughs> Having these opinions. So, yeah. Anyways. Anyways, I know we keep going down rabbit holes. Only because we're so happy to see you. But also, Hattie, can you tell us what do you do? <laughs> right? In real life. Who are you? Who am I in real life? You mean career wise? All that career-wise, passion, goals. Yeah, I always ask. So, because in DC, it's such a common question to be like, "What do you do?" And it's very much a, "What does your business card say?" And let me measure you up to what I do and see if I like you, type of thing. Even at Sunday brunch, it's bizarre. Um, but yeah, no. What do I do and who am I? I. I think first and foremost, I'm a writer, and I think that's what I identify most strongly with, even though I've just recently, I think, started being more public about my writing and sharing it and publishing a few pieces here and there. But my nine to five is that I am an advocate for Black immigrants. Um, what I went to school for is law. So I'm a lawyer by training, but I think I identify again more with the advocate title just because I don't do so much direct client services, but I work in the policy space where I try to convince members of Congress to give a damn about us and see us and you know hear what we have to say and create those spaces to I don't know, make our people, particularly black people, not only like live or just survive, but really, really thrive. Yeah. But like using policies. So. That's so beautiful. Um, I heard this recently, but like, <laughs> I forgot whatever the quote was, but basically black people, whatever like occupation you take up, you're always an activist for black people. So like if yeah. you're a black doctor, you're gonna be an advocate for your black patients. So like even me in my field, I'm like always advocating for black black children. And so like, yep. so it's, it's it's what it is. It is, and it's like, it's beautiful, but then it, it also gets heavy because it's like yeah. everything is personal. Right. And it's just, I mean, you can't detach from it. A friend of mine and I were having this same conversation and she works in a different, She's a lawyer as well, but works in a different field and completely opposite of what I do. But she had the same experience. It's like, you're always looking for like the black angle or like the black woman angle um, and perspective to things. Yeah, yeah. can't learn it all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, which is beautiful too, but it is, it is, it does make things heavy. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm reading back because I'm just reading our, our notes for a while. <laughs> that is definitely, I mean, it's a great song. It really is. Did yes. you see the young, that young Miami said she was also singing? Yes. I just saw that. Good for her. Bags on the way. I think that's all that means. Is. <laughs> like all that means is like, oh, hey, I'm getting ready to have like this dope ass, you know, get back together sex. I'm gonna have to get back together bags and the flowers. That's all. 
which is fun too. Well, that's Enjoy. fine too. <laughs> Enjoy. Cardi did that a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Right. A lot of nice Birkin bed. bags off of that. Yeah. yeah. They all they all make up their own. So, Hattie, one one topic that like um, Lexi and I have been discussing has been just like colorism, um, and like of course it comes up more and more like different cases and like we just see it throughout the media. But um, but I was telling Lexi that in actually one of the Armstrong classes with one of the one of the white professors, I was lucky enough that she made us like take like a privilege test, which made me aware of just all these other privileges that I had, and even even the ones I didn't know. Um, and so being in like, and I don't consider myself light skin, but to some people I am light skin. You know, it's light so skin people never consider themselves light skin, and I don't I, get it. Well, so so my sister is really light. So my sister okay. is light, and so I'm like pointing to the wall. So so like to me, I'm a lot browner than her. You know, so that's why. And then even in my family, I think that's how I think about it. Like in my family, I was very, I was brown or mostly brown but um so yeah so we were obviously just curious about like what you have to say about it and um yeah wanting a dark skin woman's experience i mean like i feel like i i have seen them but we wanted to have that represented on our show so our viewers yeah i appreciate y'all like creating the space and the platform to have this conversation um, I don't know. I like so I won't speak for all dark skinned people because we have like different experiences. It depends on where. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Depend- I'm, I'm listening. Yeah, it depends on where in the world you are. Um, just like how we were talking about in Europe, I think that's oddly enough like one of the places where I feel the most seen and by seen I mean literally like I think sometimes in the states when you're a darker skinned woman in particular like you're damn near invisible um I have lots of friends who um have this experience where they'll be out and maybe trying to make like eye contact with like a guy or whatever and it's literally like they do not see you and it's like the literal opposite when you're like in Spain or Portugal which is interesting but I think for my own personal dark skin experience it's like changed a lot I think when I was in Gambia I didn't think of it much so I immigrated to the U.S. when I was about eight and back home like yeah colorism exists like women bleach their skin and you know like people talk about it openly as in like the preference for lighter skin is not a taboo subject but I didn't quite I guess realize the heaviness of that until I moved to Atlanta and I went to school so I also like grew up in like didn't grow up but like when I first moved to Atlanta I lived similar close to where you grew up Sydney like Southside Atlanta I think I went Terra Elementary on Terra Boulevard yeah so I could still remember like one of the first things I learned because of course you're in a new country I spoke perfect English I think I spoke better English than my teacher but I was still put in Esau because I had an accent and one of the first phrases I southern phrases I learned was burnt toast (laughs) and at 
the time, I didn't know what it meant because he like pronounced it, of course, in this Atlanta accent, like burnt with a T, toast. So I was like, is it a, you know, another word or what? I didn't realize he was literally talking about bread that is like charred. Um, so kind of had those type of prejudices early on up till maybe middle school. And then you get to high school and it's like, now you're chocolate and now you're beautiful. And then by the time you're in college, oh, melanin is like in, and it's kind of like this exotified, glamorized sort of thing. Whereas like full adulthood, you, you know, start kind of sitting with those complexities and understanding that, you know, maybe some of those even compliments aren't necessarily compliments. Like some of it is, you know, you're being fetishized. Some of it is, you know, they're just like glorifying this melanin when it's like, you know, all oiled up and looks nice in a photograph, but not necessarily who you are on a regular basis. So all of that to say it's, it's, it's complicated. <laughs> no, but I appreciate your <clears throat> I appreciate your candor. I um I don't know. This was a sensitive topic for me. And I didn't want to have just the basic conversation about being light skin or being dark skin. I didn't want you yeah. to feel like you needed to advocate for anybody because I wanted you to feel like this was a safe space to decide what your journey is. You know what I mean? And I think like like Sid was talking about earlier, we live within a community and a race where there are so many unseen privileges that come with money or generational wealth or religion or education or all of these different things where we don't know when we're being privileged and when we're not. And it's like, for some of us, like, shit being light-skinned was the only privilege that they got at some point you know what I'm saying yeah. I know like for myself living in like a racist ass city like St. Louis where it was very easy to be called wasted white or to be called you know oh you must be mixed with something nah my both of my parents are darker than I am but the gradient within my siblings I am the lightest I'm the lightest on the spectrum of all of my siblings and it's about like eight of us and it ranges from as light as I am to like to very beautiful chocolate tones. Like my brother and sisters are beautiful, beautiful dark skinned people. And it's like, I don't ever, because it's such a close heart for me and seeing their experiences growing up, where it's like seeing them being picked on or like that would be our, even shit in our own household, that was our retaliatory statements. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, you can't just, I'm, I wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to approach this conversation without being transparent. But it was like sometimes being light-skinned was the only tactic we had to get through. And so I think for each person where, because we don't realize that this was like more bait than privilege, that we haven't had the opportunity to have an, in, an an authentic and an intelligent conversation from every side of the spectrum from within because like for some people is because it's like there's some like you think about literal african-americans people who have migrated over they some people come over with way more wealth and darker skin so what do we say to them you know what i'm saying where yeah you know what I mean? The gradient is so rich and the variables are so <laughs> unequally dispersed that 
we got to get past this part of our conversations. You know what I mean? No, I, 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 I 100% get what you mean. And I'm glad like you're bringing that nuance into it. And even that idea that, you know, just the very concept that being light skinned might be the only thing that, you know, someone has. It's like, it's heartbreaking, it's jarring, but it's also like, that's still a form of privilege. And that is what's bizarre, even though it's still oppressive. Like, how is your privilege oppressive? Cause it's like, if that's all you got, but that like that little, it's like, so in your example, for example, if I, if I were to like, you know, make it like a hypothetical where it's not your actual family, but there's a family of children with mm-hmm. the same sort of skin color grade. And there's someone who is like your complexion who says, you know, I maybe I don't have the best economic opportunities or whatever. All I have is literally this light skin. So it's like, what does your darker skin sibling have? And it's for like, real though, that, like it's such and a- And that is like, right? You know, but like, I even look at like, I look at the generation right before us. Cause like, I've, <sighs> I myself am well-rounded, um, but that generation before them, they they identify with that. Like how we asked you to gas yourself up, they identify like, yeah, I'm light-skinned, we're green eyes. I'm from I'm yep. from Philly. I'm from such and such. Like they use that like it's a like how we throw around our credentials. They use it as a piece of credentialing. Like it is, or it was. It fucking is. It still is. Let's not play this game because I think Sid highlighted it on um social. It was something in our Twitter and our Insta feed that talked about how we went from having these really darker skinned, brown toned skinned women playing these leading roles to having mad ambiguous looking um leading women who could maybe be black who maybe could be this or maybe and how it's supposed to represent you know how we've we've shifted that narrative that shit still wins you know yeah and you know what hattie just to like your point like colorism is literally everywhere so like so like when i'm talking about colorism like it's literally like it's in it's it's in all the states it's in all the states it's all the continents it's everywhere um like we can look at like the aborigines in australia we can look at indian people we can look at dark-skinned asians you know that it's literally it's literally so like i think even the conversation you're right it's a it's a literally a social currency and and black people you know it's it's been hard for us to, you know, it's mainstream for us to talk about. Even like when Lexi and I were talking about a few weeks ago, I was like, Lexi, it's more common to hear, you know, I got, you know, I got light-skinned bitches on the radio than like hearing, like praising dark skin. Because Lexi's like, well, you know, the music I listen to. And I was like, yeah, but mainstream, it's, it's yeah. all, it's all it, it, it truly is. Um, and so it's, I think it's just being aware and, you know, this is even discussing it is a very new topic um, for as far as like generational wise, you know, like, like our, my grandparents weren't talking about things like this um, mm-hmm. at all. Um, and I'm sure, you know, maybe other people's were, but that rhetoric is old, that rhetoric of like, oh, you know, like, um, like you mentioned, burnt toast that and like yeah. are seeing saying things like you know like, oh that's so dark and like and I think the appropriate way to you know to handle that is to be like well what's you know like what's wrong with that it's you know it's, and really like diving deep because people don't 
it's so, it's just such, um, sadly, it's so ingrained that like when people are saying that, that they don't even truly realize. They don't. Cause I mean, and I, and I look back, like even with those interactions, the people who were calling me that, like were close to my skin color. A lot of the, usually like little boys, but they were just as dark as me, if not darker. Um, but it's like, it doesn't even, you know, it doesn't even click. And then like you zoom out of it and it's like, it's not even like a, you're right. It's not just a black issue or a black people issue in the States, but it's everywhere around the world. And it's like the measuring stick is like, what is your proximity to whiteness? And the closer you are, the better. So like the racial ambiguity with, like you said, with like the the Instagram models or like the models in the music videos or on the actresses and on the TV shows. It's like, yes, we'll check the box for like different and black and swirly. And you have something going on that makes you interesting, but you're like a safe kind of black. You're not an uncomfortable, you know, black. So, yeah. But the fact that even like, I'm sorry, what? No, I was just saying lots of layers, but go ahead. Oh, the fact, yeah, like you were saying, like, the fact that it's, like, and it's, it's uh, the first thought, image and thought that I have coming to my mind is of the family guy, like me, where the guy is pulled over, where the dad is pulled over, and they hold up a card, and it's like, literally, it's like the top three are like beige colors, and the other three are like, the bottom three are like darker skin colors, and they're like, it went from, oh, he's a good guy, he's a church guy, he's this, always oh, immigrant terrorist, this, you know, and it, it went to this immediate, like, switch, but we have operated under the concept of, like, proximity to whiteness for hundreds of years hundreds of years that is just mm. Go ahead, sir. oh no I wasn't I wasn't I was just I was listening but yeah it, it's so yeah it's it's deep unfortunately um so yeah I don't know I just felt like like, and this is a conversation that I know I've had, like, plenty of times throughout my life. Because, people, like, as much, everybody is judged for something. You damned if you do, you damned if you don't. So they tell you, oh, you light skin, you must this. Oh, you light skin, you must need extra suntan oil. Oh, you must, I mean, sun lotion oil. You need this. Or, you know, do you get ashy? Like, they, they equate somehow that you're not as black because of your lightness oh you must be mixed with something else oh you must be because depending on my hair i am any race any race all i can be ethiopian i can be hispanic i can be um biracial i could be i literally i've been called everything um simply because of my hairstyle like and my skin color but within my own community it's like oh she don't know nothing about that she white oh she talk like this you know you talk like you're a white person or you this or you that and it's where i've had to have this excessive amount of like black knowledge and like say no i know this and i know that and i know this and i'm a part of this struggle i'm a part of this because they're saying oh well you're not black enough and it's like okay well listen my dad is black and my mom is black i didn't get any like i don't have any extra cards that i'm operating with other than genetics that skip more than one generation you know what i'm saying and it's like 
I take after my great grandparents. Like, I ain't even get a chance to meet these people and I'm dealing with this shit. Like, so it's, you know, it's like shit that is like literally, I don't think like when we go outside of our race and where people are explaining why black people are trying to understand why black people are so tired is because we are tired of dealing with our race everywhere we are, whether we're inside of our race and we're trying to validate it or be respected for it or appreciated for it or... You know what I mean? We're always trying to prove and justify that we are an acceptable format. No, I'm this stereotype. No, don't get me wrong. I'm this stereotype. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm a militant black, you know? No, 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 no. And we're always trying to figure out like which kind of black is going to be the most digestible for the environment that we're in. And then it's like, yeah, but who even gets to police blackness? And like, you know, that's We've been doing it, but then it's also like sometimes we don't and people get to like pretend to be black for like several years and like build careers out of it and all of that that's from overly that's from inviting people to the barbecue too damn fast that's what i'm saying (coughs) (laughs) Sydney, you ain't got no allergies i have no allergies either fuck them kids and fuck them black men when they do shit like that too but but like I mean but you know just to go back to the point like even like because dark skin is literally found on on every region also so like you could be like like the the black woman who won I think like Miss Miss Japan Miss Japan she was black and Japanese and they told her that she wasn't Japanese enough her mm-hmm. daddy was black so you know her mama you know she was more Japanese than anything <laughs> you know she was growing up. she her mama daughter so. <laughs> And I wrote about I wrote about that in like one of my papers, but like it is crazy. Like I think like in within our within the races we do we do police, and mm-hmm. black people should be more gatekeeping. Um, we should be because just like Hattie said, people are able to walk in like Sean King mm-hmm. and Rachel and the other you know. Let's not say their names. Not Sean King. We gotta leave Sean King out of there because I feel like that's a okay. Issue. You got. That's a different issue. He's genuinely black. He's not purporting to not be black. Like, exactly a black man. There's a lot of speculation with him. But, he's um, just, it's, and that's exactly what it is. He's, he's, huh? But you see what I'm saying? He's black. When you light skin, you always got to prove that you black. Like, mm-hmm, this is suspect. He could be passing. Like, this is how we police one another within our own communities. Like, we decide... But that's what I'm saying. It goes back to the privilege, though. Like you, to some, like if you're black, if you're light skin, but like light skin, where we can tell that you're black. Like, yeah, maybe you'll have a hard time and prove it. But if you're so light skin, like the quote unquote people pretending to be black, like it's a pass. It's like you get all the privilege, and you know you get all the accolades, and you get all the book deals, and you know the. Movie deals and, and what, whatever else, and it, like it's it's bizarre. It, it is. That's just the truth of the matter. It's bizarre. It's like it's fucking bizarre. And I think if ever there was a a time to start using that word all willy nilly, it would be in a year like twenty twenty where we have to just start being honest about shit. It's just fucking bizarre. And, and and you know what? The origin of this shit is white people. Yep. Yeah. Is the every because this is a colonial issue. 
this is a class issue this is a wealth issue and this is a colonial issue this has nothing to do with the sources or origins of people this is a mental genocide this is psychological warfare that was that's in new jim crow of the south like we want to know where it ain't just start there but there are books written in each country that highlight these types of dispositions to enforce within the communities as the standard of living. You know, I mean, we can see that in South Africa where we where where they where they had like the genuine ass like apartheid movement where it's like y'all came here. <laughs> like I just felt like everybody should just stand at the coast and be like, y'all came here, and then just like let the you know let the chopper spray, and that would have wrapped it up if it were if it were me. But that's why I don't ask me to like that's why I don't get invited to this. But like it's just we have these dynamics where we're not acknowledging like yes we have these issues within ourselves, but it's like when we get quiet and we stop arguing over these frivolous things that we have no control over. My dude. How the fuck you get here? How long you been here? Who are you? You know. But also, it's fucked up because, like, it does have an impact, right? Like, there there are very significant impacts for, like, you know, hiring, wa- wage. There's very significant impacts for, like, dark skin versus, versus light skin. Um, and, like, I feel like with colorism, I think an easy, like, how I think about it is it centers whiteness. It's all the idea of like, it just, if, if you're saying that one, like this shade is better than this shade, it, just like you said, it's all just, just to get the proximity to white folk. Um, and if that's what you're valuing, I don't want to be a part of it, you know? And um, yeah, I think like, I think people, I think like it's important to say that cause it's like, oh, maybe I, I yeah, yeah, nigga, you are actually, you are. You made a slave joke, you are, you are again, centering. Yeah, but it's it's so I think that's that's absolutely right. And I think one of the issues around it and why it's so touchy is because it still comes from like a place of like pain. And I feel like how colorism works in like the US is also different from like other parts of the world where it is so directly connected to like, you know, chattel slavery and all the atrocities that happened with that, whether it's, you know, the Jim Crow South and I mean, even things that are happening, you know, to this day. I mean, I, I, it's like controversial, but even if you, I'm not saying like light-skinned people don't get killed by the police, but if you even look at like the images of who these people see most as a threat to the point where they don't have sight of their humanity and they can kill them, it is usually like a darker skin black male. Um, so even that, but I think even going back to the gatekeeping, I think that's also very like a uniquely American or Western black people thing. Because I mean, I, I won't speak for the entire continent, but like in Gambia, like a woman like Mariah Carey is a white woman. Like, you know, a woman like, um, what is her name? Rashida Jones. Mm-hmm. That's a white woman. And I mean, I, like, I, I get that. Yes, they they are they are black. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I I understand it like from this perspective and like growing up here and that like you know race takes on very different shades and forms. But even just that concept of like the one drop rule and like where that leads us 
Yeah, like, it's, I mean, I think it's all very sensitive, but we definitely do need to have those conversations. I like, think, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I think here in reference to like gatekeeping, right? And especially, especially with black men, especially with black men like Terry Crews, to be specific. There are there are melanated men who are American, and there are men in America who are black. Because we don't have an established culture outside of slavery. Because that, that honestly, we don't have an established we we know y'all y'all ain't know us. We got on the boat, you know, and it was like, hey, we gotta survive together, and that I, loosely translated. Man, this is not drunk history. But my point is, is that this is this is our origin of of connectivity. This is our first. This is our common thread. So everybody didn't want to identify with with that part of history. Some people, I did, listen. Some people took their three percent of European, you know, genetics and wrote that shit to the wheels came off. It was like, no, nah, I was one of the patriots. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. You- <laughs> no, your grandfather wasn't. You know, but you can't tell them that. And that's just a conversation that they're not ready to have. And they're more hell bent on being an American than they are on having a, a than being a part of a black culture. And that's when you gotta be like, you ain't in a gate because you can't be a gatekeeper. Right. And that's a good, that's a good point. I actually want Hattie's opinion because I, I know we're getting, you know, we get close to our, like our time, but. I do want to know just like Hattie's like your opinion as far as like I'm trying to I'm trying to even describe it because just like exactly what Lexi said like how like yeah gatekeeping but if you're if you know goal is truly trying to assimilate to this main culture and I feel like a lot of I don't want to say a lot of black men but yeah like a lot of like usually when I see like black men in like the you know the workforce they are they're trying to assimilate yeah I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, but we, you know, I think men in general are the weakest link. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think there's there's that, but there's also I think historically with black men, and this is like not like defending any of like some of the nonsense that they pull, but I think there is so much benefit historically for them to assimilate, and I mean, I think that happens even not only in the United States, even in like I've written about, you know, this concept of like why Africa has so many dictators. It's like this idea of like the formally colonized wanting to be the colonial master. I think it's like, it plays out in the same way in the States where it's like, all right, you know, I've been quote unquote emasculated, whatever that means. You know, I've been, you know, uh, I don't know. Disrespect. I've been duped. Yeah, X, Y, and Z ways. And if I feel like the only way for by this person, and this is my idea and concept of what is powerful and what is legitimate and who has control, to some extent, I think it makes sense that I'm like, I'm just going to try to emulate that. I think what sucks with black men is oftentimes they do it to the detriment of black women. And 
you know, that's the part that really irks me. But like, you see it all the time, even in the workspace. It's always that annoying black guy who's trying to like be chummy with the white boys, who kind of sort of wants to be one of the white boys. And it's like, it's again, bizarre to see, but like it, it happens. I had a, I had a conversation with, um, with the hotel about this. And is always my favorite. I love him. Um, no, but like the conversation was like he was like, Obama could have did this. Obama could have did that. Obama ain't did this. Obama ain't did that. Blah 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 blah. Nigga, nigga, nigga. Woo, 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 woo. So, but my point is like, we've never had a black man in American leadership at that high of a position ever. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of shovel digging and bricklaying and path making needed in order to create more opportunities for the changes we're looking to see happen to happen and that was going to require that's going to require Carlton's of America to step up and you know be chummy with Dan because somebody needs to infiltrate you know what I'm saying that's going to require <laughs> like Kanye West said you know and I went all you know all to the way what did he say he said I need every all my niggas to impregnate bitches so when they have a kid they gonna make another nigga like that's how we gonna keep infiltrating we don't have war money we don't have militaries we don't have we don't have black men don't have the things that make that are considered powerful to your point Hattie what they have been able to weaponize and militarize is their language mm-hmm. their physical bodies and most importantly, they're dead. And it's like that that's how they've been able to to, <laughs> to fuck up the system. You know what I mean? So with if not even we, fucking up anything. Right. Exactly. If you want to do that's it, the gag. It's like y'all, I'm not listen, I'm not trying to make sense out of nonsense. I'm just like, this is just what I'm telling y'all the, the deck they got. Like, if y'all think they got a better deck, tell me. Cause what they what's gonna have to happen in order. Oh, and my thing is this. They are you're you're a double we're not stop my thing is this. With you being a double minority, this hasn't stopped us from doing anything. This isn't about how great black women are. That is already well established and accepted across the fucking world. Okay, can we okay, let's go ahead and give you your accolades so you can chill because this wasn't about you. But like I said, black men don't have the things that they need to be able to have any type of power. So it's going to take those types of assimilated black men to make white people feel comfortable to create spaces. Because they ain't out here making businesses the way black women making businesses. I'm not saying it's right. Girl, go talk to them. I can't. That's what's frustrating. You know, it's like, it's like, you're choosing to be frustrated. This isn't about you. No, I'm not. This is only about, like, no, but what I'm saying is, it's like, yes, it's frustrating. There are more frustrated than you are because you see this stuff from a place of success and they see this stuff within their own struggle and as if they have the awareness and the cognition to even see like yo i don't have power i don't have access to power and i'm gonna have to change myself in order to make space for them to even accept me like damn that's a like if you're frustrated from the outside imagine that being the life the life that you are born into like like imagine you having okay at least i got gender from on my side and that's still not even be nothing you know what i'm saying like damn i got one out of two (laughs) 
exactly because historically men who are in like women roles they get paid higher and i think and i guess what i mean by frustrating is like when when yeah you see double minorities you see black women who literally have to fight everybody fight black men too you see them come up you see them work hard and so like and then to be like oh well you know the black men are trying well they're trying to assimilate well sisters didn't have to do all that you know they were yes, just they like did. you know yes black women did. didn't have to assimilate and we did that shit readily and gracefully and that's what got us into the positions that we are like I don't know it's a hard conversation to have because there's no men to accurately describe what their experiences is like what i'm offering is is like space to say like yo like i'm not justifying the deck i'm just laying out what some of the cards might look like in their opinion and that's just that's my perspective and that's just having black brothers like you like we all got black brothers like that have experienced like their form of struggling how to figure out how to play this rigged ass chess game with the type of privilege that they are inherently have so while we speak from having light-skinned woman's privilege while they speak from having you know men's privilege everybody has privilege and everybody is held back in some way shape or form but it's like but other people don't necessarily wield their privilege i would say the same way that i think black men wield their privilege specifically against black women and like that you know we have to call that out like it's i mean we could have the oppression olympics all day and argue over exactly who would win but it's like you know we're not black women aren't necessarily and you know let me not go into a rabbit hole before like this gets misquoted as like talking about black on black crime or something like that because that's not what it is but black women are not like beating the shit out of black men every single day or murdering them or you know committing sexual assault or just be belittling them um like yes like i see i see the face i get you lexi but like i don't not at the astronomical and systematic rate in which black men do it like misogynoir is so real and i I just i don't think black women do do the same thing i think (laughs) we over here usually trying to justify something for them or defend them and protect them yeah, we can be shitty and toxic, but not, like, systematically. Ah, y'all, and <laughs> y'all too educated to be this broad. That's what I'm saying. That's the only thing I'm going to say about that. Because you're not saying anything that's incorrect. I'm never going to discredit what you have to say. But it's not balanced because these toxic environments aren't just isolated to male households. They're not isolated to the male gender. These toxic traits, it may not be the same type of. If my thing, no, because in my mind, I'm thinking women can be violent. Black women can be violent. Black women can be toxic. Black women can be belittling. But black statistically, women can be not, not as much as And that means, that means that these numbers are being reported. And if we don't even have space for black men to have mental health and mental wellness, where are the accuracy and numbers to describe their experience? To even say that it was all just my dad and my uncles and my male cousins and my male brothers who treated me this way. So I'm not saying that anybody's wrong. I am saying is that this shit is so fucking bizarre is that even if we played the Olympics, 
the data isn't available for anybody to have an accurate representation of what oppression what genuine okay that is oppression there's no such thing as damn that's oppression everybody's experiencing oppression in their own way shape or form and so i think my thing in colorism and racism and sexism genderism ageism is that it denies the other party of having a similar experience and it creates this cognition that i'm the only person that's experiencing this and that's a it's true because of the experience but it's not the entire experience it's not accounting for every single person every single time every single this so statistically damn right y'all are right but i know in these communities in these poor black communities where prevalent black men are where, where the type of black men we hate or that are statistic you know what i mean where the those type of black men are i'm sure the story isn't being completely told from origin to inception and that's just that's how I no I, I agree I think that's a fair point I, I will also say I feel like you, Terry Crews doesn't live in those neighborhoods um, Terry Crews <laughs> is a horse of another Drake culture Drake doesn't live in those neighborhoods future yes, might have grown up, Drake grown up in one of those Drake <laughs> couldn't grow up in that environment because of immigration laws and child support laws where a man's ability to travel was impacted by his ability to pay child support and there are no other laws that are like that hmm. you know i remember seeing drake uh oh no it was in one of his songs drake was saying like oh well, how come i'm not <laughs> y'all remember that you remember that no. did he say that how come everybody else is black excellence, but when it's me, it's not black excellence. Damn, what song was that? It's a, one of his one of his songs that came out in the last like year. Hmm. I was like, oh Drake. Drake, you could be black excellence. Oh, like come on. God damn it. Put it out of your head. <laughs> I mean, but you think about all the people that's constantly telling, and I know, listen, we can go back and listen to catnips, and I'm probably the guiltiest one, but as on that, it's like, that motherfucker's Canadian, you know what I'm saying, like, he don't even count, he Canadian, you know, what we're, <laughs> we're constantly trying to reference how black you are to something else, so it's like, y'all, we, we saw, I ain't gonna say we, I can only speak for myself, I'm so caught up in this thing, I don't know, up from down. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and it, it just creep. It means that it's like, yo, it's time to like break the mold and step out of it and really get to know people, as opposed to being so broad with all of our interactions and our thought processes and our interactions. Because right now, black the black men that did go to school and they never beat a woman. They heard like, yo, I'm not a bad black man. They're trying to justify their blackness too because the concept of black is skewed no matter which who's talking about it whether you're mm -hmm. in outside no matter it's what part of the church you know. go ahead what'd you say that? i said that could just be lame niggas i don't know <laughs> but lame niggas could also be abusive and like toxic right. and whatever and so and so are the black men who gra graduate college who, i heard yeah. my mom telling me sydney thugs go to college too i was like mm -hmm. I love that. I was like, was this at first? Like, is, it, is it bad? Is this good? You're is selling drugs at class and like, he ain't nothing but a thug. So what? Ooh. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's it's a real. I don't know. I feel like 
I'm always gonna defend black man. Me too. I have to. Of course. Me three. Just not in my detriment. That's all. Like if I gotta die, like you know, if, if yeah. <laughs> the statistics are literally a third of the the third killer for black women is domestic violence. I. I'm not denying any of the stuff no. that gets reported. I'm just saying even, we're not even trying to account for the stuff that isn't. And we aren't making space for that to be valid or real or a possibility. But even, even that, even that void of like what's not reported, most of that is also due to patriarchy. Like there are right. all these social norms where it's like you can't be weak. What you look like being a man and, you know, reporting domestic violence or sexual abuse, etc. But yeah, that's that's still patriarchy right. though. That's the white man. That I mean, don't get me wrong. Whenever we get through arguing with ourselves, we're gonna look over and be like, where the fuck did you come from? Like <laughs> like I said, how did you get here? What the fuck are you doing here? How long have you been here? Like when we get through arguing amongst ourselves. Like my homeboy Raggle Fraggle put me on game, said you was in there, he's like, this. we just fight. Women rights for all people that's going to include all the black people, all the men, all the women, all the races, all the transgender, all the gay people, because we want to treat everybody like they are a valid, precious, mattering ass human. And that's like what we really got to evolve to. And that's why bizarre shit like 2020 happens to make people sit still and have that conversation. Hattie, we handpicked you. I did not want to have this conversation with somebody that I did not respect and who I did not feel like could have a genuine, well-rounded, earthly experience about colorism in a thoughtful and like positive and impactful way. So I want to personally say, like, thank you for like making space Aww. for this. Like, I know you busy. You got a job, job. She don't have like no little. Oh, I'ma do her and smoke weed on Wednesdays type job. No, you got a job, job. And it's like I appreciate you taking out time to um to talk with us, to talk shit with us, to to hate niggas with us. Um, a little <laughs> Wait, Hattie, what is your sign? I'm a Taurus. No, I'm like, I don't know. Is that good or bad? <laughs> it's it's whatever you want it to me. It means I feel like we're not like we're not, we're not one of the signs that's like universally hated or anything like that. I, I you know I re- I don't see anything crazy about it. We're just stubborn. Yeah, maybe we're yeah. I think we're just stubborn but like loyal and stable. No, listen, I was just. I was just checking to see if you were a Scorpio. That's all. I was just doing a Scorpio check. Um, that's all. I was just checking to see if she was. I'm, I'm a Scorpio. I'm a Scorpio. We all know. Check out. Okay. You're not like the Scorpios I know. Check out episode one, Uno Kato of the Catnips podcast, and you'll see her in like true like. Okay. This is, it was only because it was just like, well, you're a water sign. I was like, I'd be chilling. I'd be chilling. I'd be observing. <laughs> okay. So, right. Very interesting. Hmm. I should. But <laughs> is this the correct hand? Is this the hand for the emoji? You should not put your hand on your face. We're in the coronavirus. Let's I'm at home. 
I'm at home. <laughs> but thank you, Lexi. Yes. That was so sweet of you to say. And I'm equally as grateful for the opportunity to come and talk shit with y'all. I'm a fan of the podcast. Y'all used to be part of my self-care routine. Like when I don't do y'all still have new episodes on Tuesdays? Or was that like the first or second season? There was at some point they would they would drop on Tuesdays and I literally would schedule it like alright, I'm gonna have time next time and like not worry about the world. But I'm proud of both of you and for the space that y'all have created. It's beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, it was, you know what, it's that Armstrong energy. Like, just being able to have real intelligent, down ass conversations with people and, like, just be our authentic selves while we did so. Like, that was just, that's that, that, that seaport energy or with whatever it is. I can't, I can't quite do the influx. <laughs> I can't do the influx either. And have you, um, you're like a lot of women who I have, who I've met, you're just so, you're so brilliant. So we definitely wanted to have you come on and just, you know, share your brilliance with the world, like how we know you are. Go ahead, where can we, um, where can we, where can people read your work? Where are you the writer, Hattie the writer, where do we read Hattie's work at? You can go on my Instagram, which is H-A-D-D-Y Jatu like J-A and the number two and the link in my bio will link to my medium where some of my work is and occasionally like when I publish on other platforms I'll like change the link to that do you have um, any new writing projects coming out was yeah I have I, I am. Um, it's, it's still in the works. Well, one is completed and it's in the editing phase. And that one is an essay kind of about like not centering men in feminist discourse. So like just literally focusing on women to women interactions and women power and how we can do that to dismantle the patriarchy without involving men. Um, so hoping for that to be published in couple of weeks and then the other one is still in the works and when it's finalized I'll make an announcement don't don't keep up the good work you are like listen it's the next RBG rest in peace RBG but this is like this is oh gonna be gosh. this is this will be doing this this will be doing amen I'm 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 claiming that. Listen, it's gonna be in the catnips. They're gonna be like, man, Lexi just calling everything. Nice. I mean, you've been on point so far with your predictions. So, Hattie, <laughs> <laughs> <Patty>, please. <laughs> she predicted the the Kamala thing. I did. Thank you. I, Thank you for honest advocacy. I, I spent a lot of time being gaslit. So. <laughs> Listen, I knew that was gonna happen. Like it's the only it's the it was the only option that made sense. Like and for none of this to make sense, that was like, all right, cool. That was the only thing that makes sense to me from my perspective. And yes, I have predicted a lot of things. I appreciate you reiterating that for me. Um, because it's the <laughs> truth. And I mean, in addition to you saying it, I said it and it's already on the show. It's already been recorded, so it's not like 
not like the rest of the world doesn't know these things so that's really dope um if you would if you too would like to know more about the future go back and listen to catnip seasons one through four um available on fucking everything we are on let me pull this list up it's, it is a real list, and it's hard it's to on everything. I got you, I got you, I got you. It's on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Player FM, Anchor FM, Radio Republic, Pocket Cast, Breaker, something called SGP Radio. Thank you for always shouting us out. Y'all been riding with us since the first episode, and you've definitely been publishing our shit. So thank you very much um, to you guys, too. And as always on catnipspodcast.com. So don't say nobody, don't say anybody didn't want you. That's all I'm going to say. And check out our Insta stories. Sid controls our Insta stories, the Twitter feeds from IG on catnips, C-A, the catnips, C-A-T-N-I-P. Z as in zroop. Stay tuned because we have another. Um, we always got dope shit cooking. It's always another something. Exactly, Hattie. Are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I feel like I used to follow you, but girl, I got kicked off and I had to make a new account. So it's just. The, I feel like I think I still follow you. Either you or the. Does Catnips have it on, its own Twitter? Because I think I follow that. No. I don't know. Okay, that's me then. And yeah. It's the, okay. Yeah. It's at Madam underscore President, but they're the last E on President is a number three because I created it when we were at Armstrong and yeah. you know, doing weird yeah, stuff like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna say I feel like I've like liked or reposted some of your stuff. Like we usually agree on our like man hating stuff. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, Exactly, but I feel yeah. like I haven't seen it, so. I got you. How about, how about you stay current on your Manhattan and I'll retweet it? Okay, I got you. I got Thank you. Brilliant. <laughs> Look at Lexi, just a man defender, just sitting there judging. I'm just, I'm just grateful that humanity is here because, like, listen, as y'all would not be here if y'all didn't have daddy. You know, you know. You know what? I'm sorry. I I mean, listen, y'all do what y'all want to with y'all spirits and y'all energies. I'm not on that shit. And y'all not about to catch me up on that frequency, on that man hating ass frequency and all that shit. Uh Uh-uh, honey. I'm trying to keep my karma clean this year. I'm still still attracting positive, tricking, loving (laughs) ass niggas into my life while distancing fuck Yeah, and I have a boyfriend and I've been in a relationship for five years so it's like I I mean I don't like hate them generally but I think there's room for criticism always I respect that listen I think everybody has room for criticism I think we all have opportunities for growth and that's just how I feel about it let them niggas be let niggas be niggas someday you know damn Damn. The bar. <laughs> right. Jesus. <laughs> the bar is so low. Man. Oh, goodness. But well, I'll let you guys hang niggas in peace. Check this episode out. Tell us what you think. Tell us if you hate niggas too. Do you? You're grown. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and we will catch y'all on the next episode of the Catnips Podcast. Love y'all. Love you, mom.